Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360. I had to check and see if I had my mic on because I got up during the warm-up to get some coffee and I was like, oh crap, did I forget to put my mic on? I did not. Lance Lee didn't say anything before the show, neither did Jacob Swanson. They're making it happen. David Reed is the chairman of the board. July 4th weekend is upon us. Happy July 4th weekend to everyone joining us across the Outkick network for Outkick 360. I'm Jonathan Hutton with Paul Koharski, Regan McCrossin making the show happen for us as our production assistant today, Becca Risley and Sleepy Danny uh, down the hall as we broadcast live from Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee, the Blackbird Studio and the Blackbird Academy. For more information on how you can go to school to be an audio or studio engineer, you can be on the road on, uh, with concerts, be in the studio, state-of-the-art facility just like this one for music production theblackbirdacademy.com for more information. Paul, what's up? How are we doing? Great, man. Always, uh, We always have good shows heading into holiday weekends, and we'll deliver on that today. We will. You know, I, I, was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about this randomly. We, the, the last holiday weekend show we had um, was for the Memorial Day weekend, and I, I, Chad and I, I feel like we're here and we went like five minutes past one o'clock central time. Yeah. And I, I, I realized, look at the clock, I was like, oh, these guys want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we, we vow that we will get everyone out time on time. Time today. Uh, that's right. I was out that's that day right. getting a head start on my uh, holiday weekend. Chad Withrow is in Nebraska. He will be back with us on Tuesday of next week. It's mercifully almost over for him. Brent Hubs, VolQuest.com. Uh, he will join us for the VolQuest Power Hour. That's coming up in an hour from now at noon uh, Central Time, 1 o'clock Eastern, across the Outkick Network. A lot of headlines to hit today. NBA playoffs last night. Stanley Cup final continues tonight. And we start with the NFL news of the day, which is in Washington with the Washington football team where Daniel Snyder taking a step to the side. Everyone's referring to, referring to this as a step back. Uh, for the organization. He's still the owner of the team. His wife, Tanya, is handling the day-to-day -day operations while uh, in, in the description and in his statement, he's going to be handling uh, uh, new stadium upgrades and rebuilds uh, for what they want to focus on uh, just outside of the D.C. area. But Paul, the $10 million fine yesterday is about all we know of the findings by the NFL with Washington. Let the wife clean up the mess is, uh, is part of the message that comes here. I mean, there's no even attempted transparency here. Um, you know, even, even his step back is a voluntary step back as part of this. They give them a 10-point plan of what they want uh, the Washington football team to execute as they clean up this mess. 
it's a complete sham. Um, you know, at, at least in some of these controversial investigations the league has done of, of, of messes that they've had around the league, some of their own creation, uh, deflate gate turned out to be way o overblown. A bounty gate more serious in my eyes, a spy gate more serious. They, they find an issue. They have what appears to be a legitimate investigation. And whether we agree with the findings, the discipline, whatever, you know, I remember you and I and Chad with one of those Patriots scandals going to break. And I'm like, hey, you read from the back. I'll read from the middle. Chad, read from the front. And we're digging through the, the report to, to do a live radio show and kind of break down what's in this report that comes out during our show. Yeah, the, the league put out like a memo yesterday. There's no written report. It's an oral report. I, I don't know about you. When I was in school, I loved the oral report. I get up and wing it. I mean, an oral report is the equivalent of burning the Spygate evidence. There's, there's nothing there. Sally Jenkins, the excellent columnist at the Washington Post, I'm paraphrasing her, said this is a bland and imprecise with um, mind-numbing sentence after sentence, summing up meaningless generalities while absolving any actual humans of responsibility. And, and that's exactly what it is. There's, there's no there there. I mean, it's like they're talking about walls and cameras and stuff that acted independent of any humans. Well, let's be honest here, too. The media really doesn't care about this story. Well, the Washington Post does, because the Washington Post is the reason this story sure. exists. Sure. Right? So one media entity certainly But does. you mentioned other investigations that were daily topics on sports talk shows, sports radio in Nashville talking about the New England Patriots, Spygate and Deflategate both. When's the last time we talked about Washington? Last year, whenever they're changing their name. That's yeah. it. None of this was, has been brought up as a big debate topic. Well, in large part on this one... So the media is in an uproar over how the NFL handled this when they've covered this completely different than the other ones. Well, I mean, I think they've covered it completely different. I get your point, but the Washington Post, this is kind of like, this is kind of more like one of the college things where Yahoo is the investigative yeah. arm, oh, yeah. right, gets the story out, yep. and there's no incremental development because the NFL buttoned it up along the way. By the way, taking over the investigator initially hired by Snyder himself, the subject of the investigation. Right. The NFL then takes over Wilkinson, who, who did terribly. And then uh, she's, they say her job was not to determine particular allegations of inappropriate conduct. Uh, conduct. What was her job? I mean, there were a whole bunch of people in this organization. There were 40 complainants, according to the Washington Post. At least 40 predominantly women in this organization who had accusations of mistreatment, uh, inappropriate conduct by people in the organization, and they come out of it and they don't name any offenders. What kind of investigation is that? Well, it's one that's just swept under the rug by the NFL. It's a nothing. It's, it's, it's a $10 it's, million it's dollar fine, and that's it. I mean, there's no draft picks. For a picks billionaire, that being, that's not a ton. It's not being taken away. And really, I mean, it's not even, they're not fining the billionaire. I mean, it's not like the owner has been fined. And we're about to get into some OTA it, violations. It would be $17 million. Head coaches were fined directly. Right. 
This is this is the team being fined Which is ten million dollars. He also has to pay seven you million. Can take, of you can legal find ways fees. to save ten million dollars as an organization pretty easily. Yeah, he has to pay roughly seven million more, which is the legal fees that this took. So he's paying for the cost of it. So seventeen million total. But even not cost cutting, seventeen million to a billionaire, if you do the math, you know, isn't a lot of money. There, there are just to put in perspective. Past investigations through the NFL have Wikipedia pages that go on and on and on yeah, for scrolls. Chapter and verse. This will have nothing. This will be uh, an easy one-minute read on the Wikipedia page. If there's a Wikipedia page. Uh, because there's, there's really nothing of substance here on this investigation other than the conference call yesterday by the NFL, which I, they let some reporters know about it. Others were complaining they didn't know about it. Yeah, I'm on the list for a lot of those uh, national calls. I didn't get anything about this one. Not that I would have been on it. Not that I should have been on it. But, um, you know, look, I think the Washington media was fed what they were fed to keep it a one-day story, pretty much. And it, it almost qualifies as a news dump. You knew something was coming when, when Washington announced that the wife was taking over a lead. Daniel Snyder's not going to be representing the team at owners' meetings. Well, a lot of these owners don't want to be at the owners' meetings when there's not an important subject on the table, right? One of the big Amy Adams Strunk gaffes, and she hasn't had many, was that she didn't go to owners' meetings early in her tenure. Right after she hired Mike Malarkey, she was tired, et cetera. There were owners' meetings in Houston where she maintains her primary residence, and she didn't go. When they sent Steve Underwood? Yeah. All right. Um, so a lot of, and these owners meetings, what's the big deal? When you get there, they always want to know when's it going to end so we can get on our plane and get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, or get to dinner. And get to dinner, <laughs> get to golf, get back to the yacht, whatever it is. But I found it interesting uh, for, for the, the, the uproar over this that, you know, and look, ESPN, I turned on NFL Live while this was breaking and I expected to hear more about Daniel Snyder and Tanya Snyder and how the, the organization was going to handle this. And Schefter does a good job explaining everything. But that took about 60 to 90 seconds. And then they move on to the OTA violations and the fines and uh, the, the lack of OTAs for 2022 for teams like Jacksonville, for t the teams like the San Francisco 49ers had too much contact this past month. Uh, as, as teams got together and worked out. And we'll get this, to that. This there's was, more BS to oh, that. Oh, there's more. There's more. But that, my point is, this was lumped together as one massive news dump on a Thursday prior to a holiday week. Surprised they didn't save it for today, but they're all already on vacation today. So I, I can't help but, you know, smirk at this when I see the national media members that are <laughs> upset with the NFL and how this was handled when this was treated like an average story with too much contact and one-on-ones during an OTA practice. That, that's how the, the, the news cycle worked with this. There was not a demand uh, for, to, to push this storyline, so they didn't do it. They didn't press the issue, and the NFL responded with that same way. Oh Well, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think also because they did a good job of keeping it airtight during it, and it's because it's about let's say, human resources issues as opposed to football issues. And those human resources people, women who suffered harassment or no um, those things, are more prone, prone to keep it quiet than football executives who have regular relationships with the media 
aren't going to give drips and drabs. So I think the media is expecting when this comes out, there's going to be a report for us to dig into, and then it's going to be a story. I, and then I, nothing comes out. But to me, there's a deeper story here where the media now more than ever, not just the NFL media, I believe the media now more than ever relies on the corporations, the organizations, the leagues to do their own investigating work for them and tell them what the findings are. Well, There is no more digging for this story on a daily basis because the companies involved don't provide the resources necessary to do so. I see what you're getting at, but this whole story comes from the Washington Post. The best reporters at so ESPN have been replaced by 25-year-old bloggers. Oh, I mean, that, that's why they're having the issues they're having in, in regards to covering the story like this. Well, you're right. Nobody between, from what I know, and I'm not, I haven't followed the story that closely either, in the minutia between then and now, I presume there's not been a lot. But that's what I'm, that's don't, what I'm don't saying. We're waiting on the NFL's report. Right, but don't short shaft that this whole thing came out of the Washington Post, which spent resources and of which course. did a hell of a job of course. on two or three very well-investigated series where they had a ton of sources I'm and not, got a lot of people to talk. I'm not the talk gap between that and this, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm mainly discussing the networks who are in bed with the league. Yeah. that That's what I'm discussing, because I'm, I'm hearing from some of them that say, you know, this is uh, too lackadaisical of, of a punishment, and, and it, it, it is. I mean, a $10 million slap on the wrist to the organization, and that's it. I mean, they're, they're not punishing the players, and I don't think they should. Uh, by punishing the players, I think the argument would be you're taking away draft picks, you're making their team worse moving forward. That's fine. But there need to be more uh, penalties involved if you want to send a message. And the message that's been sent is we're sweeping this under the rug and moving on. It also it kind of violates, if, if you spend a lot of time on this, you violate kind of the tacit agreement, right? Which is, you can be critical of us on that, football, yes, right? Yes, yes. Go ahead and hammer a, a coach for making a terrible fourth down call or even uh, the hiring practices or things that have direct straight line connections to football. But if you're going to Me Too stuff or that stuff, it's out of your wheelhouse. And uh, playmakers, right, out of your wheelhouse. Dramatic stuff, getting into players' drugs and, and PEDs and, uh, and lifestyle and all of that stuff. Not your wheelhouse. Football, your wheelhouse. We'll let you go wherever you want with football. Outside of football, you'll take it easy on us. So, Paul, help me with the wording of this. So, Daniel Snyder needs approval from Roger Goodell to resume day-to-day -day operations as the owner of the team. So there's probably a time frame but, on that that we don't but, know. But within that, he's allowed to attend games. He is allowed to seek out new investors for the team, which means he's acting as the owner. He's allowed to facilitate negotiations for stadium upgrades. So what's different? Yeah. Well, what's he's not, different? He's not representing the team to the league. And I think day-to-day -day operations stuff, to, to whatever degree he's involved, he's not officially involved. That said, if they're, you know, signing's the wrong example right now because they're not in signing season. But if they want to change quarterbacks and Rivera, you know, that's generally going to get run up the flagpole yes. with the owner. Is Rivera officially going to Dan Snyder? No. Is there any way he's making the decision without? Also, look, it's, it's silly. 
He's going to Snyder's wife. I'm sorry, I haven't learned her name yet. Tanya. Tanya, Tanya He's Snyder. going to Tanya. Now, who's Tanya live with? Well, that's my point. Right. So Tanya goes home, and uh, even if, if Rivera is being very official with these rules, which haven't been very clearly spilled out, spelled out, and Rivera's not technically talking to Snyder about a football operation thing. He's talking to Tanya Snyder. And Tanya Snyder's going home and saying, hey, Dan, they're considering making a move off Fitzpatrick and going with, uh, I can't even think of who their quarterback alternative is. But they're thinking about changing quarterback. Is it Heineke? Yeah, Heineke. She, so she's having a conversation with him. And when she goes back to the office and runs into Rivera in the hallway or has an official ownership conversation with Rivera, She's conveying the Snyder family opinion. So you're circumventing nothing here. And the fact of the matter is, look, we're being silly on this. You cannot ask an owner not to do ownership things for his business (laughs) unless you really, really strip him of his power and physically remove him from things. We've seen high-powered people suspended from their operation. Sean Payton was suspended from the operation of of the Saints, and he went to Dallas. And he may have had some phone conversations and stuff, but I, I firmly believe after Bounty Gate, he was out of the loop with the Saints for that year. It was, just, it was a firm punishment, right? And he may have talked some, but he was a lot, you know, 80% removed, I would guess, from what's going on in their day-to-day operation. Let's, let's also point out the obvious here, because we're just comparing investigations. And, and how things are handled, written reports, everything else. The Patriots' investigations involved players and it involved Tom Brady. Now, it, it involved the organization, too. But there's more to that than just the owner. And this is the league protecting its own. I mean, that you're, once you're in that ownership club, they don't want to set a precedent for how things go moving forward in, in an ouster. Right, but we, also we involved... People we know, right? Ryan Grigson was the guy who blew the whistle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but then Belichick but is answering for it. Snyder, Snyder is, is a household name, though, for NFL guys. fans. Right. But the accusers and the other people who are involved in it, some of whom have been fired, others of whom are being hidden, aren't household names. There aren't people we know. And so that's part of what they're hiding under. And they're saying, look, 40 people we know of, uh, that the Post have dealt with, right. are involved in accusations. At least a few of them didn't want to be revealed in this. And so the NFL says, well, a few of them don't want to be known, so we're going to not let anything out. Well, what if 38 of them wanted to be whistleblowers who were out there, who stood in front of cameras and said, okay, they've said they're cleaning this up. I'm going to be here checking okay. on them, whatever. Do, will there be a written report on Deshaun Watson in Houston? There should be. There are unnamed yeah. unnamed well, this victims sets, there. Yeah, that's a great point because that, this sets a precedent that, that's a dangerous one for that where they can sweep that under the rug Well, there's quiet the, people. That, you, you don't have to name everybody. You could call a person X in the report. Well, there there are the ways to write is. a report without naming names. And it's I, and not like you have to do either write a report or not write a report. And I, this is rude. not me saying uh, media doing that. I'm, I'm referring to the, the league. league. The, and how the league is because the league is investigating this as well. Look, that Watson. When deal. you do a verbal report, this is like the Sopranos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the mafia doesn't write anything down for a reason, right? You, you no also don't record. do it over the phone. You do it face to face. You go to Bada Bing. 
<laughs> right? How short of that are we here? Seriously. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's not what we expected when we were discussing this report. When did this, the Washington Post report came out, was it two years ago now? Is it longer yeah, eight, than that? Eight, 18 months, I think, at least. Yeah. It's not what the end result we, it's not the end result we expected. Let's put it that way. Uh, based on the initial reporting, the good reporting that's gone on by the Post. One final point I'll make on it. John Keim, who covers the uh, Washington for uh, ESPN.com, a, a friend of mine from my days there, said, uh, you know, there were good people in the organization while this stuff was happening, and there are good people in the organization now. And one thing that needs to be, message that needs to be sent, is merely that those good people need to be listened to. If they were listened to back then, a lot of this stuff would have happened or yeah. would have been nipped in the bud. And they need to be listened to now so that this stuff doesn't happen. A lot of new people have been hired in these positions where this stuff was going on. Just listen to them. Let them watch daily observations run a professional franchise and call out uh, failings as they happen if they happen. That's pretty simple business practice that doesn't require, uh, and this element doesn't require a big written report. Requires common sense and, and uh, decency, decent human behavior. Yes. Uh, also some common sense with some rules violations uh, across the NFL with three teams that were specifically named. Uh, we'll, we'll get into this for OTA practices. I'm pissed about What's this. allowed, what's not, and the penalties involved with all of it. That's straight ahead on OutKick 360. First, though, mydoctorhank.com slash OutKick. 50% off. And what is a great offer? Look, erectile dysfunction affects over half of all men. It doesn't have to make you feel like half of a man. Since 2017, My Doctor Hank has been making America hard again. And My Doctor Hank helps you get low-cost ED meds and overcome the psychological and emotional barriers to getting that ED treatment. They secure your prescription. They then ship it to you discreetly every month from USA Pharmacies, all for as low as $2 per pill. And Paul, the best part about what's on the screen right now, the offer, 50% off. Yeah, if you're a little hesitant, don't let price be the thing that prevents you from, from checking this out. You go to mydoctorhank.com outkick, you sign up, and you get 50% off your first subscription order. 50% off your first subscription order. We pride ourselves here on letting you try things out and getting you a substantial discount at the beginning. You can't do much better than this one. MyDrHank.com slash OutKick. OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Alongside Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chad Withrow back with us on Tuesday. Paul, we've seen a, a handful of teams, Jacksonville, Dallas, San Francisco, those are the three teams fined by the NFL. Head coaches were fined by the NFL. OTAs, some practices removed by the NFL for next year. Uh, some, some teams lost a week. Some teams lost two days. Um, I think Jacksonville lost two practices. But your thoughts on how this punishment was handled, and let me get to the specifics of it. The specifics of the violations are unknown. Though they typically center on, this is from CBS, intensity of practice sessions resulting in contact. Players are in shorts, jerseys, and helmets during these sessions, meaning no contact is expected, uh, and it's minimal if non-existent. What that's saying is they practically have a walkthrough. 
at these at these OTAs now. They they don't even have one on ones, meaning they do not have wide receivers against cornerbacks during these practices. It's it's crazy, um, but yet we keep attendance on these practices. Uh, there are strict guidelines for this that's negotiated and collectively bargained, or, and they're voluntary. But this goes to minicamp as well, to my knowledge. They can only do certain things during mandatory minicamp. The fines, though, are for the voluntary OTA portion of the offseason. Yeah, well, Dallas was smart enough to keep its mouth shut <laughs> in reaction to this. All right, the 49ers and the Jaguars were not, and they are absolutely full of All right? <laughs> Listen. The 49ers, in a statement, said, we take following league rules very seriously. <laughs> no, you don't. You didn't take them seriously. You violated them. So how can you say this? Uh, how can you say this? The Jaguars, under Urban Meyer, who I knew was going to have problems with stuff like this because Urban Meyer sets his own rules. He doesn't follow anybody else's. The Jaguars said, this is even worse. Jaguars said the Jaguars are vigilant about... Practicing within the CBA rules. No, you're not. If you were vigilant about practicing in the CBA rules, you wouldn't have violated the CBA rules. Can you not read the <laughs> CBA rules? Is there a literacy problem here? Because you're saying you're vigilant about following them, but you're being fined and docked practice days for failing to follow them. So how can you say this with a straight face Amy Palsik is the new PR director down there. She's one of the best. How can Urban Meyer force her to write these words? How can they make these statements, these two teams, saying, we follow the rules on the heels of the NFL announcing they didn't follow the rules? What? Uh, so what I'm trying to wrap my head around here is how do you break these rules if there's no contact and there's no one-on-ones? So... If, if, it's if, a pretty if it is strict, line. If it's as strict as you're running routes against air and you're catching passes, sometimes. You, you, sometimes the quarterback throws to the receiver in these practices. Sometimes they fake. How is their the, contact? The Titans, they just uh, were but doing the most. How is their contact if you can't, like, off the line of scrimmage, you can't have a one-on-one -on -one situation? Also, how is their contact in this practice? It sets you up for such bad vibes with your players. Is some of this, like, the length of practice? Like I, I like. I'm no, it sounds like there was contact. I don't know how that's possible. Um, I I don't know either, and I don't know how uh, the players. Now the Jaguars are very young. Yeah. But they still have veterans. Oh. I mean, you have yeah. guys who know the rules. Yes. The, these teams all had uh, virtually all of them had the PA send out things where they talked about not showing up. They were encouraged by the union not to show up. Well, they're not showing up because they feel they're asked to do things in the offseason that extend well beyond what other leagues do in the offseason, which is nothing. Um, and so they don't want to be there for the offseason. I think the players are perfectly aware of what is and is not allowed in the offseason, where they're looking to not do a lot of work because they feel like they do, and they do, quite frankly, do a hell of a lot of work during the season when they're beaten on weekly, which is, you know, the nature of the game that they play. But, you know, if I'm a veteran guy that feels any safety in my job, also, they've got a whistleblowing system where the, the team doesn't have to know anything about who's reporting this to the union. 
which then takes it to the league, which results in the kind of thing. I also think losing two OTA practices is not, but yeah, you know, and a coach getting fined a hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars is you yeah. Know, so Urban Meyer was fined a hundred grand. McCarthy and Shanahan fined fifty thousand each. And then the team a fine the on team top too. of that. Yeah. But these are minor. I mean, yeah. it looks good. It looks like it's being policed, but you would take that trade off if you feel like you're really getting something out of what you did. That's the thing that I find hard to believe. If you take what I saw the Titans do and you amp it up 20%, they're not getting that much more out of it. It's not worth even those low fines and the reputational hit that you're taking right now and the idiocy of saying that you, you're vigilant about following the rules when it's clear that you're not vigilant about following the rules. So I don't really understand the payoff, and I don't understand why guys who are as anal as Shanahan and, and, uh, and, and Meyer well, so would, would go beyond the, the, the boundaries. Th- this falls into the category of did I actually read this or did I dream this last night? Did I read it properly? Because I haven't refound, I haven't been able to find the article that I thought I read. Uh, that the 49ers were told to shut down their final week of OTAs this year? Yeah, so they lost okay. one of the teams. I don't remember which. So 49ers. 49ers. 49ers lost two practices this year, whereas the Jaguars and Dallas are punished next. Gotcha. So they, they were told to shut things down this year for the last week. Uh, and they didn't the fess up and the say time, they were punished. They made it like they were closing exactly. early. They, they, they made it like they were the Houston Texans and they accomplished everything they needed to accomplish this offseason and they were going home for the summer. Right. <laughs> like Trey Lance didn't need the extra two days of work. Right. Um, ultimately, this is a slap on the wrist and it, it, it amounts to nothing. Like what... We're going to remember this for a couple of days, and that's it. But here's what but, it does. And they're not the first teams that have been fined for OTA violations and the CBA violations. I just don't, in this in this setting, I don't know how you break the rules on, on contact. And, and, and it's not specifically thrown out and detailed for us what rules they did not follow. I'm sure it's out somewhere. It's leaking somewhere. And not, they're not being fined for the same rule violation. I, at least I, I don't perceive that. No, there's differences. But there, there, there are yeah, slight differences or time difference. Uh, to me, this is about uh, practice going too long or you know, uh, players in helmets for too long. I, it's got to be something like that because there's just no one-on-one situation where contact would be involved. Now, the 49ers had two injuries, and they were injury-plagued last year. They had two injuries this year in the off-season program. Here are the long-term repercussions to me. It's not about the fines, the slap right. on the wrists, and all of that. And I'm on the uh, ownership, coach, GM, team side of this. Right. The CBA is not even two years old. And the players want out of something they collectively bargained for, which is these off-season team activities, mm-hmm. which are not mandatory, and, and the mini camps, which are mandatory. It's three days of work in the off-season. So I'm not with the players on that. But the players, while the attendance turned out to be very good, not as good as usual for the OTAs, but very good. And the mini camps, it was a non-issue because you can get fined. Um, the players are against this in general. And now three teams have given the player side fodder for this. We showed up. Many teams, players individually as teams negotiated things down mm-hmm. with the coach limiting stuff, chopping off days. I don't know the specifics, you know, um, 
But now, but now, they can go and say, Coach, you've got teams around the league that are pushing the envelope. These three teams in particular can say, we showed up despite the fact that our union told us not to show up, despite the fact that we came to you and we had these negotiations or discussions. I don't know what specifically the results of these conversations were in these three scenarios. I can't imagine you're doing very well with Urban Meyer for his first OTAs. And, and we don't like the parameters that our union negotiated for us, but you're going beyond them. So why should we come next year? Why, we don't like it. We understand that we're bound by the CBA, but it's voluntary. So why should I come next year? You, you violated them last year. Why should I come next year? Why should I tell the guy who signs with the team, a veteran free agent, that he should come next year instead of us all training on our own like we keep threatening to do when you're well, pushing beyond the boundaries of the rules that we negotiate? That's fine. Very few players will, will react that way. Um, because players feel like if they're not there for these voluntary workouts, and the vast majority of them feel like they're walking on a tightrope anyway, roster-wise. I mean, how many, on average, how many players feel secure with their roster spot on teams? Not just the Titans. The Titans are in a different level right now. 25. Um, so the starters. But even the starters, like you brought up Danico Autry this offseason. Danico Autry, a new player, he needs to be there. Well, it was right. voluntary. Right. So, I mean, if we're, if we're going to tell publicly that players need to be there but understand why they're late. not. He showed up late, I think. He might yeah, have he been there no, He missed, only he missed the, the first week of voluntary work, and that's fine. But, my, look, this I'm is, saying this gives the NFLPA more ammunition than it had as it campaigns that, for but what that, it But had. it's still not that much. Not I mean, much, this, but more. This, the, the, the NFLPA has negotiated what is, in effect, a slap on the wrist for violation of these rules. Oh, so, so you're docking the Jacksonville Jaguars two practices next year. Okay, so Urban Meyer can't have his dizzy bat race and his balloon toss for his final practice of the offseason. They're taking that one off the Yeah, well, we don't know that he did that. But most, but a lot of coaches throw these away, and then they, they bitch and complain about not having enough offseason time. And you, you know that a lot of coaches in the recent years used that final practice as a throwaway day. The Titans did conditioning, and that was it this yeah. year. The Texans did away with it altogether. And I do it, think it's trending away from that. It's not that much of a that. punishment. Is I do what think I'm it's trending away from that. Um, and this is the last day of OTAs, uh, or two days of OTAs, not two days of minicamps. So less important days, but not the days that are generally turned into bowling or skeet shooting. <laughs> um, but that's but that's what they're losing. That that's what they'll laugh about behind the scenes. Is like okay, so they they they're taking away one OTA practice. What does that really mean in the grand scheme of things? And the players on the on the contrary could be like, great, there's one last. last oh, they day are. That they I are saying feel, uh, like I have to be there. But I they're think the unions saying, saying here's more fodder for us to argue against them at all. But they're they're not taking away a mandatory mini camp practice. That's no, important. They're taking away volunteer. They're taking away they the would voluntary if the practice. Violation happened that the, at the, the mini camp. But the player the, the player can volunteer. It, it's all voluntary. They can decide whether or not they want to go. They can't be fined if they're not there. And the NFL is docking the team one of those practices, not a mandatory practice where the players have to be there or they're fined. That's where you would really hit the coaches and the teams. Is the mandatory practice where you're guaranteed all the players will be there or they're punished. Well, I think they're docking them what they were caught violating. So if you violated the rules at an OTA, they're taking sure. away an OTA. But that's not, but 
Uh, and we haven't seen any violations from many camps, and there, there certainly could be. We don't, we don't know. But it's not that much of a punishment is what I'm saying. If the players want to use this as a bargaining chip, what the league's just going to come back and say, okay, have it. I mean, they've been giving them voluntary work here and there anyway. I don't, I don't think they view it as a big value to the players. I wish I was a columnist in San Francisco or Jacksonville today to comment on those comments about how they're vigilantly following the rule. But the, the columnist in Jacksonville or San Francisco would have attended these practices and not been allowed to report on what happened anyway. Well, they're not all open, those OTAs. So okay, that's uh, true. you might or might not have been at the one where this happened. And the rules, quite frankly, are so convoluted. Like, I don't know if I'm going to notice exactly the five minutes where you're going. You know, is, it, is this That's what illegal? I'm saying. Is that I illegal guess so. for offensive and defensive linemen who aren't allowed to line up across from each other except in 11 on 11? I don't know. I, I but just, they know, I don't, and they're supposed to know. It's yeah, their job. And, and the other teams were not finding this. So, you know, other teams have figured out how to follow the rules properly. And, you know, yeah, the PR, the PR groups probably on the days that they're closed aren't out there. No. And they're the ones writing these statements on behalf of the yeah, team. They're writing what they're told by Shanahan and right. Lynch and by, by Meyer. <laughs> but you, the punishment is not that big of a deal. Agreed? No. no. Look, the idea of them violating it is the big deal to me. The idea. But... What it's not really a big deal violating it if it's just going to be a fifty thousand dollar fine and you and you lose a voluntary workout. The idea of them violating it and telling me at the same time that they're vigilantly following the rules to me is a big deal because it's another example of teams just saying whatever they want and presuming everybody's going to take what they say at face value. You can't be penalized for breaking the rules and tell me how you're vigilant about following the rules. In the same press release. It's <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> David, mark that. Paul more fired up on this uh, <laughs> with his language than he was for the Washington football team segment. Well, that's earlier. That's <laughs> too. Mark that. More coming on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Shout out to Becca Risley and Sleepy Danny for making the show happen down the hallway. Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson here making it happen behind the cameras. David Reed is the chairman of the board. Regan McCross and our production assistant today. You can follow us on all the social media platforms at Outkick 360. Instagram is where we go live pre and post show. You can watch us there uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. Just search out Outkick 360. And on YouTube, the Outkick 360 page on YouTube, the channel. We hope you'll subscribe. We hope that you'll ring the bell so you know we go live each and every day at myself. noon Eastern. Paul's pulling a muscle as we go into the holiday weekend. Ah. And by ringing the bell and subscribing to the Outkick 360 channel, you're automatically entered to win a Sony and Hertz Audison prize pack, the complete car stereo system. And uh, it comes with everything you see along with the speaker system for your call, uh, car install, uh, upwards of a $2,500 value, and it's going to one of our channel subscribers. Outkick360 on YouTube will be drawing a winner next month. Paul, last night, Jakob Swanson, he lost the 360 parlay. I, look, I, I'm not hating here because 
Uh, I have lost my fair share of 360 parlays as well. Uh, we lost every leg of the 360 parlay last night. But Jakob won another like 14-leg parlay last night that we did not play along with him. Hey, we weren't invited them, to play. One of the bets included a, a just a lucky chance. He bet on the first basket of the game being scored. Uh, I can't remember who he had scoring that that basket. Well, he had everybody scoring it. He bet no, it first, ten ways. First points of the game is what he bet on one of these. Yeah, players. but he bet it ten ways. He bet that parlay with those eighteen oh, legs plus ten versions of the first basket. So he needed uh, over under total points for certain players, and then the first basket he bet multiple ways. He won one of them. Uh, he is the 360 parlay king. But the parlay this week, Paul, or today, going into the weekend, is on you. And we're going to the Euros. We're going to the this. Euros. Look, I think one of the potential games of the tournament, Belgium-Italy. I think the winner of Belgium-Italy at 2 o'clock Central today wins the tournament. Uh, I'm a big Belgium fan, but I think it's going to be Italy. But Belgium's going to score today, and uh, Romelu Lukaku is going to score. He's plus 165. The Phillies favored against the Padres today. That's my baseball game. Combine those. Anytime goal scorer Lukaku and the Phillies money line to win, that's plus 368. $5 wins us 23.44 tonight. Uh, we'll get that afternoon result. Nobody tell me about the afternoon okay. result because uh, they're up against the Nashville Knights playing this afternoon, also at 2 o'clock, Simon Live versus Belgium, Italy on TV. Uh, so I'll be watching it later. Bucks and Hawks last night was the game that we bet. Bucks win. They, they were up 20 quickly. I mean, it looked real. Our parlay was in doubt Jacob had for the over-under. They never, they never <laughs> led. From the jump. Um, the Hawks... Tried to pull that comeback, did not, um, and in just the craziness uh, of the game in game out scenario of this series, yet another blowout where the Bucks win easily. Uh, Brooke Lopez led all scores with thirty three points, uh, and this is this is also what confuses me about the league. Normally, and I realize that the two stars are out last night, but Brooke Lopez at seven feet, how does he not put up this? type of production, not 33 points, but consistent Strong, yeah. production that going into a game, you know he's going to show up. And, and sometimes we just don't, we don't see those type of players, those average players, step up to these big moments like they did last night. And they did that on their home court. Um, and I'm, I'm looking for them to close things out tomorrow. It's like you're assigned your role you yeah, know, he's the third guy on that team, so he, he plays like the third guy on that team. Middleton was strong last night as well. Middleton uh, is also terrific. Um, I, I had a lot of trouble being interested last night because the margin was never good and because the star power was, was so far down with both teams lacking their, their best guy. Um, so I, I'm doing a lot better job. I, I'm patting myself on the back of being into the NBA and following these series, I feel like. Um, but then, then take out those guys, and um, it's hard. It, 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 yeah, it last, night was, last night was a hard watch. The star power and, and, the, and the intrigue. Atlanta got it within single digits by halftime, but it really never felt like a, a, a competitive game. Um, and uh, we mentioned earlier in the week, two of the four, two of the five games now 
have featured fourth quarters where the starters have been on the bench because it's been so lopsided. That's not good for an Eastern Conference Finals where they await the Phoenix Suns. Also, a word about the Suns. Now, look, I understand you can't control an airport reception for you when you get home. But they it felt like uh, of the parade you get when you win the Finals. Mm. They were going very slowly in convertibles. I saw this too. Out, out the roofs of their cars. Um, and they had the Western Conference trophy out. Now, I know it's not hockey, but I don't think that you... Well, even if it is hockey, it's ridiculous that well, people hockey, believe in not touching a trophy. No, but uh, I, don't, I, I don't go that far. But you don't lift up the semifinalist winning, you know, conference winning trophy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not That's not the, goal. the big prize the that result. you come back right. to town holding over your head. And they, <laughs> they were holding it out of a car, uh, right? Like uh, It was overplayed like they really won something. I don't like it in terms of the mindset of that team. I know it's a young team. And it's exciting time. And I understand you get back from the airport, and if there's a parade atmosphere there, I'm not saying you close your windows and drive home without acknowledging your people. And of course you acknowledge your people. But I think you got to tamp it down a, a little bit and not let it feel like you, you just won this series that you still have to win. And most of the time, the guys don't want to fight. Like they, They'll bow up, they'll shove a little bit. They don't want to fight. Paul, I'm with you, and you said this initially he the other night. His I don't know how Chris Paul was not uh, punched, uh, or uh, how, Patrick uh, Beverly. Beverly, how Chris Paul is shoved in the back, and how Patrick so Beverly violent. doesn't have lacerations on his on his face, a black he eye. He should have taken something. a punch to the side of the head from I somebody coming up or, behind him, or shoved. Like he didn't even receive a shove in, in response by Chris Paul's team. He should have been the last guy on the bench. We didn't hit this yesterday because of other headlines. I I don't know how there was not. Uh, how those Phoenix Suns paraded at, with the Western Conference Championship with with at least one player in doubt for the series <laughs> because of possible suspension and retaliation for what happened to Chris Paul, their teammate. I, the shove in the back, and it's, it wasn't even just some lackadaisical push. No, it was Game was at hand. Aggressive. Game's over. We've all seen it. I don't know how there wasn't a player that left the bench, even a scrub. That left the bench to go take up the bench, for their star player who put up 30, 41 points in that game. Leaving the bench gets you suspended, right? It has yeah. to be the last guy on the bench. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, there, someone needs to take the fall. Right, I agree. In retaliation. I, I couldn't believe that their lack And if of, not, we'll see reaction. it in November or December of Or at least year. up in his face. If you're, if you're not going to swing at him, you've got to be right up in his face, making it clear that that is not something you're tolerating. Right. Coming up. A lot to discuss today for the VolQuest Power Hour and our Tennessee Power Hour. Brent Hubbs is about to join us from VolQuest.com. Name, image, likeness in full effect across college athletics. We'll get Brent's take on Tennessee's approach to all of this. Big week for recruiting. It's been a big month for recruiting. And Tennessee has seen some other players leave their roster. We'll discuss all things football but in a broader sense, the athletic department and NIL specifically for what's happening in Knoxville. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.